0: and welcome to the River Audio Podcast. Thank you for joining us today. We believe God has something unique to say to you and our hope is that you feel his love stronger today than ever before. Enjoy the message. Ready for the word this morning? Amen, I'm excited. So this is a message that I got like a month ago um, that I've kind of been adding to, but I didn't know kind of like which way God was going to kind of like start to build it. So I kind of felt like he was just saying, just do it as I'm putting it on your heart and let me take care of the rest. Amen. So my title this morning is, they don't own you. My title this morning is, they do not own you. And this is something, oh my gosh, Rose, thank you. She kills it with the backgrounds and stuff. All right, so they, yeah, squirrel, me. Um, They don't own you. God put this on my heart a month ago because, and I know that this is going to, I believe, reach into the hearts and minds. Um, How many feel like they are in a season, a very critical season right now in your life where you have a lot of decisions to make. You have a lot of things in the balance, a lot of things weighing, be it finances, which thank God we've talked about that this month, be it direction, you need guidance, you need answers. God, how's this piece gonna fit into that piece that's gonna go into this piece? You need that direction, you need that clarity. Am I am I with you? are you with me so far? So they don't own you is inspired. God gave me this, and it is inspired out of the things that we allow to take ownership of in our life. We willingly sometimes give departments, we give people, we give places, we give things ownership in our life, and that's why the title is they don't own you. Well, who is they? They is whoever it pertains to in your life. It might be a person. It might be a place. It might be a thing. It might be your job. It might be um, this. It might be that. I don't know what they is. You have to define that part. God just told me they don't own you because we are good at giving ownership voluntarily for free to people at places and things that don't need it and or deserve it nor should have it. Amen. So I want to start off with that. You have to define who they is. Have you ever felt trapped in a season like you're in an endless wilderness? Like, oh my gosh, it's been six months. I feel like I'm in the wilderness. And now here we are six months later. It doesn't seem like I've advanced. I don't feel like I've gone anywhere There's slight changes, but there's not any crucial big changes, anything that shows me that gives off, oh, my gosh, I'm fully out of this thing. Thank you, God. You still feel trapped. You still feel like you're in a wilderness of some kind. Oftentimes, in those moments, in those times, in those seasons, we tend to forget not just what God has promised, but what God has said. We tend to forget The very groundwork and foundation, God began to lay in your heart. He began to lay in your mind with the plans and the things he wanted to do and that he plans to do. And so I'm going to be using the children of Israel on and off this morning. I want to look at them, uh, if you have your Bibles or I'll have the scriptures up there. Um, But they often begin to forget the promises of God. So I'm going to start. I'm out of the Amplified on most of these scriptures. Exodus 6 and and six through eight okay so i want to start there therefore say to the children of israel i am the lord and i will bring you out from under the burdens of the egyptians and i will free you from their bondage i will redeem and rescue you with an outstretched vigorous powerful arm and with a And with great acts of judgment against Egypt, then I will take you for my people, and I will be your God, and I will be your God, and you shall know that I am the Lord your God who redeemed you and brought you out from under the burdens of the Egyptians. I will bring you to the land which I swore to give to Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, Israel. And I will give it to you as a possession. I am the Lord. You have the promise of my changeless omnipotence and faithfulness. Wow. Wow. Give the Lord a, give the Lord a hand. Here he is. So I, there's so much in this, I'm going to have to hit highlights, I promise you. Because if you read Exodus, it's loaded. It's loaded. The children of Israel. When you when you go back and study the history, there is so much there to, to just cover. I'm just going to hit highlights. Okay. So God has promised the children of Israel. You're under Pharaoh's power. He's taken you captive in Egypt. I'm promising you. I'm telling you. I'm an, I'm I'm going to deliver you. How many times do we feel like God told us something, and then there's confirmation, and then I doubt it. And then I, then I second guess it. You see what I'm saying? So this happens often because while I'm in a seat, how many know talk is cheap in a rough season? Did you catch that? Talk is cheap in a rough season. I need out of this season. I don't need you telling me what I need to do, right? We don't want to be told what to do in the rough season. We just want out. Can you show me the door? Can you get me a key? Can you be valuable, right? That's how we think. That's how we function. But sometimes God gives a word and part of it loaded with that word is directions of some kind on what's going to journey you and transition you. How many know transition is tricky? Transition is tricky. It's not easy. It's not easy. They are transitioning. Out of a state of bondage, out of a state of pain, out of a state of slavery that they were in. They were taken captive. So God is trying to journey them, and they are transitioning out as God promised. We just read it, that he would. Many times we feel like we are in seasons that feel full of disappointments and delays. Who could relate? Full of disappointments and delays. Do you feel like I'm not going anywhere? I don't feel like I'm growing. The mind games. We're going to get into that later. I'm not getting ahead of myself. If we're going to get God's best, we have to stop placing faith in what's familiar. We must stop placing faith in the things that we grab onto because we know that and I'm familiar with that and I get that and I understand that. For God to bring you into something new, it takes faith, but it also takes me willing to let go of that thing to move on to what's new and maybe even unfamiliar. We're talking new waters. We're talking new territory. Amen. All right. So we have to place faith in his word and what he said. This is going to be a duh moment, but you're you're going to see where I'm going. We have to place faith in what he said. Then we actually have to believe it then we actually have to believe it. How many seasons I've been in where I feel like God's leading us one way, I know that for myself. I know that in my heart. I know that in my spirit, man. I'm I'm getting that. I'm reading the word. I'm getting confirmation of that. But I'm still having a really hard time actually believing it because all hell's breaking loose and a storm is raging in my world. And I need God to turn things upside down. I need him to say, peace be still. And it actually Be still. Amen? Is this getting anybody? Because, oh man, because when God gave me this, we have to believe. We know a lot of the times what he says. We begin to read our Bible. We can go to the scriptures that talk about his promises, but there's another level in I actually believe it. There's a level to that. There's a power to that, just like we just worshiped. What an amazing time. There's a power to me actually singing, and then there's a power to... Now this is transforming my life. Like, this is my season. These words are my season right now. I'm going through this. I'm at this post. I'm at this altar right now. It hits different. It ministers different. Amen? Uh, so we have to actually believe it, okay? Sounds obvious, but we'd be amazed how much we struggle with this, me, myself included. God, I know you said it, but everything around me, uh, is just dr- almost drowning out what you said. Is that going? Yeah. Exodus 16, moving right along. So at this point, they're leaving out. So I, like I said, I'm hitting highlights. So I wanted to do the promise as a foundation. This is straight from God. This is what he's saying. He has promised he's going to deliver and that he's going to do it, right? So Exodus 16, starting at verse 1. And then I'm going to read through verse 3. They set out from Elam, and all the congregation of Israel came to the wilderness of Sin, which is between Elam and Sinai. And on the 15th day of the second month, after they left the land of Egypt, the whole congregation of the Israelites grew discontented and murmured and rebelled against Moses and Aaron in the wilderness. And the Israelites said to them, would that we had died by the hand of the Lord in the land of Egypt when we sat by the pots of meat and ate bread until we were full? Pump the brakes. Pump the brakes. Back up the train. They say what? Come again? Let's run. They say, hold on. I, I just, I need to check for myself. Um, I need to check this out real quick. They said, what? They said that we have been where we just came from, which was slavery, which was bondage, which was absolute, all hell breaking loose all the time. Because when you read the big, even when you read what Pharaoh did, it said he set taskmasters over them. He appointed taskmasters, right? So they're saying, but back there, I had... Full stomach. I had, I had bread. I had. Isn't it crazy on how all hell can break loose and we can build our own prison and we'll be glad to stay there because we're so familiar with the small meal. We weren't eating spiritually. We were not dieting spiritually. We, I wasn't in the Word. I wasn't praying. I wasn't worshiping. I was deprived of strength. But oh my gosh, I had uh, some bread and at least I had something, right? To die, to die there, I mean, that was, it wasn't great, but it was something, you know? It, it wasn't, it wasn't, we weren't rolling, like, you know, we weren't doing great. We weren't keeping up with the Jones, you know? We, it, it was nothing that, of that effect, but at least I had this. Isn't it crazy how we find ourselves so, we're, we're ah, man, I'm getting in trouble. So, change is so hard for us sometimes, me, myself included, so we fight God on this, right? He, is, he has the answer. He's trying to, but he's not going to go against your will. So I'll stay in the prison over here with my one meal a day, dying, depressed, anxious, dying inside, spiritually dying with no lifeline. Because it's familiar. Some of you have made your cave familiar. You've made the cave that you have built familiar. So I soak there in depression. I soak there in disappointment. I go there whenever all hell breaks loose. I go there whenever the the, the chips are down and things aren't working out. Now I'm ticked off at you, and I'm ticked off at them, and you haven't done anything to me. I'm ticked off at my boss. I'm mad at the world, and I'm just in my cave. And, And that's what we begin to do. And God's saying, son, daughter, come. I have promised. Test me in this. I promise you. If you are willing to cooperate, we don't talk about that. We talk about the promise. We talk about completion. We talk about God bringing on a thing. We don't talk about our cooperation. God has to still have my cooperation before he can bring the thing about. He just can't drop it out of heaven and now here it is because he said it. No, it still takes my cooperation. They still had um they still had to march out of Egypt. They still had to take the steps to go to I'm getting there. We getting in. They still had to cooperate. And oftentimes that's your missing piece. You got the prayer. You got the comp- confirmation, but you're not cooperating. So now you're not seeing anything. So now we have to then cooperate with the Holy Spirit, with his leading, with the word, with where he's taken us. And I can't, I can't, I, got, I gotta go. I, I can't get ahead of myself. So, so they said, at least we, we're going to die there, Right. So I got my prison. Pharaoh had, hey, we we had bread, we had meat. We didn't really care for him, but at least we had this. They're saying they're they're into the wilderness, right? There's not much lifehood there. There's not much, there's not much growing in a wilderness. It's dry, it's it's empty, it's you know, we, we need water. How are we gonna eat, Moses? It says the children of Israel complained. And so I I love scripture because, like, I read it like a scene. And so I'm like, I can only imagine. I can only imagine. Here we go into the wilderness, and you got your leaders. Them leaders finna take some heat. They finna take some heat because I need to know how we gonna eat and, like, the next 20 minutes, not the next hour. I need to know where our water supply is coming from. I need to know what time we're going to arrive at what point on which day and which hour and which second. And I need all this like right now. That's what we do. That's what I do. That's what you do. That's how we treat God. That is exactly probably. That is if I can imagine bringing the scripture to life here. I can only imagine the talk. Hey, Moses. Hey, Aaron. You guys are absolute boneheads. What are you thinking? I at least had some bread and something to drink. Now we're in the desert, and we're going to be lucky if we make it out of here. So they're probably nice and ticked off by now, right? So it says the children of Israel complain. This is normally our first option is to complain. Even though Pharaoh did them harm, Even though Pharaoh did harm to the children of Israel, they became so familiar with Egypt, they wanted to revert back to it. This is huge. They were physically out of Egypt, but mentally still in Egypt. You can be out of a situation, but mentally still in it. That's scary. And that's also dangerous. This is where we need God. I can fit. They are physically out of Egypt. Egypt. Physically out of Egypt, but mentally they're still in Egypt. Well, at least there I had this or that. Forget what God's promise, forget what he said. Notice I'm not thinking about that. I'm not concerned of that. I'm concerned about what I had. I'm so concerned on looking back, I cannot see the promise over my shoulder. I cannot see what God actually has for the new beginning of the new season because I'm in the wrong position. I'm out of place. And my focus is behind me, not in front of me. So here are the children of Israel. Even though Pharaoh did them harm, they were still wrapped up in the being familiar. Not trusting will always lead to complaining and resentment. Not trusting will always lead to complaining and resentment. It's not that I want to complain against God. It's not that I want to resent God. It's not that I want to do any of those things. But I've let... The situation begin to take such a toll on me. Now everything that comes out of my mouth, since I'm exhausted, right? Since I'm depleted of energy, is complaining. It's, If I can put it this way, sometimes it's our default button. It's our default button. You don't want to hear complaining? Don't come around. You see what I'm saying? So they begin to complain. They begin to complain. So... I lost my spot. Not trusting will always lead to complaining and resentment. Oh, man. Okay. So here's something for you. They don't own you, whatever that thing is, from in here to the booth to wherever, whoever needs to hear this, to the live stream, wherever you're watching from. They don't own you. That thing does not own you. That thing does not own you. Um, We must, in a season, learn to be selective we must in a season learn to be selective we've got to learn to be selective we must stop flocking to what is familiar when god is trying to transition us and take us somewhere we we have to come on i'm going to do this little illustration Thank you, Nick. Little last minute deal. How we doing, Nick? All right. So, stand right here. Give me that. All right. So, nobody knew this was planned? Well, nobody really. Not even Nick. So, here we go. This is going to be really interesting. So, this is how I saw it, okay? So, this, (laughs) just don't hit me and we're good. Um... Them too. Yeah, don't let the bat. Yeah, you know what to do. Um. All right, so moving on. I'm a coach. Nick, I'm your coach. Thank you. So this is how I saw this, okay? So a lot of you know I love sports, and a lot of the times I'll say, you know, God is my coach. You know, he leads me. I have to trust him. I have to listen to him, right? So this is this is some things that God told me that he showed me as it really, (laughs) you look too happy to do that. Um, I'm kind of nervous myself now. Um, This is kind of how, this is how he, with Robin, dude, you guys. Um, This is how God began to show me this. Batter up. All right, so check this out. So check this out. This is how he showed me. I'm going to do two different kind of player illustrations here. Here's player one. Player one is swing mode. Swing mode is Nick, look look like you're really gonna tear the ball up. Let me hold on, wait. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, so don't swing. Look like you're really gonna tear the ball up. Okay, you ready? All right. So so he's gripping the bat really tight. Go ahead and stick the bat out so I know not to come in your vicinity. Perfect. All right. So he's got he's got a really strong grip on it, right? So swing mode is this. Swing mode is, this represents a situation, you swing at everything. That's swing mode. If you know anything about baseball, sometimes hitters can go in what they call a slump. It means you're struggling. You're not hitting the ball. You're not having success, right? So oftentimes in our walk with God, sometimes we get so anxious and we get so excited and we get so amped up because we're tired of where we are. We have to make a change. I'm not waiting on God. We get in swing mode. So Nick, go ahead. So, Nick's gripping the bat really strong right now, and hopefully he doesn't hit me, but that's here nor there. That look is not assuring. So, the point is here, in swing mode, you'll swing at everything that's thrown your way. How You said earlier you had decisions. You had things that you needed to do in this season. This is what that represents. So that's what this ball represents. So now I have to seek God, my coach, as for wisdom. I have to seek him for guidance. Because guess what? The enemy is really good at throwing you junk. He's really good at throwing you trash. Nick, come around slow. So here's Nick. Stop. Here's Nick's zone. So if I'm the enemy, guess what? I'm not throwing anything close. I need Nick out. I'm trying to take him out, all right? I need nothing close. I need Nick to stay in the pit of depression. I need him to stay far away. I need him to not make any progress with God. I need him not to read his Bible. I need him not to pray. I need him to do those things. So I'm going to throw him junk and trash situations. Nothing going to stay right there. So your zone, roughly from your knees to in here for good, like for him to do damage. I'm probably going to throw him some junk. I'm probably going to throw him something on the ground or up at his head. Not to hit him, but it's going to be high. It's going to be well out of the zone. So oftentimes, we get so antsy. Every time we see an opportunity, we see something. Oh, my gosh. We we tense up, and then we go. We're in swing mode. We're excited to just swing at anything. And God is trying to give us wisdom in this season to be selective. Go ahead. Go back. Like, go back to your stance. God is trying to have us be selective and have patience and wait on him. How many know that? So the enemy wants us in swing mode. God is trying to get us to be more selective. But it's hard to be selective when you're tired. It's hard to be selective when you're absolutely depleted of energy and and you're down and maybe you're depressed. So rather than swing at everything, what he's going to have to do and what I'm going to have to do is let some, don't be afraid to take a pitch is what I got on that. Do not be afraid to take a pitch. Do not be afraid to let something go by. Because oftentimes as believers, we feel, anybody feel antsy. Anybody feel like you have to make certain moves at certain times. Oh, my gosh, I got to do this. If I don't do this, this is going to pass. This opportunity is gone. And go ahead and step back. Yep, perfect. So Nick just stepped out of the box. Let's pretend there's a batter's box here. The first thing I'm supposed to do before I step in the batter's box is get my mind right, is get my approach right. Before he comes in, any good player in sports, they are mentally sound. They are mentally sound. They, they have a game plan. They know what they want to do before they do it. Before he steps in the box, he knows. So he's reading his Bible. He's praying. He's, he's worshiping. He's doing all the things that he's supposed to do. Go ahead and step in the box. Now he steps in the box. Now he's ready, as opposed to doing none of those things, being exhausted, being tired, and now he doesn't care. He's swinging at everything. Just to I pray to God I hit. I'm gonna hit something. <laughs> so that's how we get though. We go crazy swinging at situations because I'm burning up. to say. We, we go crazy swinging at situations with our job, with our situation, with things in our life. We go crazy swinging, and we're exhausted. So when it comes time for the real one to show up, the one that God really has, now I'm not focused enough and in the right position to actually hit it and go bridge and go yard. So thank you, Nick. Appreciate it. Give Nick a hand. Did that help anybody? I know that was unexpected, but literally, that's how it showed. I was like, I I have to do this. I have to do this, because that's how antsy we get. Swing mode. What do you got? What do you got? Here it is. I got to have a raise. I got to have a job. I got to do this. The house is this. So now you're up there, and guess what? Here's the crazy part. The enemy sees it, and better believe he's game planning for that, because now you're waiting, or you're trying to at least, you're antsy. So now the enemy knows he'll swing at ev- anything. She'll swing at anything. I got him. So don't you think if that's the case, why would you get anything in the zone? Everything that most of the things that come your way are going to be out of reach. They're going to be out of the zone. We must be patient. We must learn to wait on God in these seasons in our life. And it's hard. And it's really hard to wait on God when I'm depleted because I stuck in a cave in a prison that I built Amen? So we must learn to be selective. All right, I lost my spot. Philippians 4, 6 through 7. Here it is. Do not be anxious or worried about anything, but in everything, every circumstance and situation, by prayer and petition with thanksgiving, continue to make your specific requests known to God. I love this part. And the peace of God... (laughs) that peace which reassures the heart, that peace which transcends, transcends all understanding, and that peace which stands guard over your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus is yours, is yours, if you'll accept it, if you'll have it, if you'll choose to allow it to be, amen? So thank you again, Nick. I appreciate that last minute. This is how God... Like, show this thing to me. Like, this is how he showed it out to me. He's like, dude, you're too antsy on, in these areas. Like, you're too anxious. Learn to take a pitch. Learn to take a pitch. Let one go by. Like, wait on me. Wait on my timing. Trust my timing. So when I don't trust God, that's another thing. Whenever I'm having trouble trusting God, every single pitch to throw my way looks like a good opportunity. Almost everything. Everything can look like a good opportunity when you're in a rough spot. This is where we need the wisdom of God. I need the mind of God. God, I can't trust my feelings because I'm really angry right now about these things, and I need you to come in, help. I need you to touch my mind, touch my heart. I'm not thinking clearly about these areas. So that's when I need to take a step out the box, take a time out, get with my coach, get with God. All right, God, you already know I'm a mess right now on one, two, three, and four. How should, how, how should I do this? How, how do I need to do this? It said that David was a wise man because he inquired of God. He asked God, God, should the army go up this mountain that way back there to meet this army? Or how do you think we should do it? That's wisdom. That's wisdom. Let me ask God so I don't kill myself and so I don't just take myself out. Let me ask him. Let me inquire. God, what's the best way to do this? God, is this part of the plan right now? Is this the season for that? Which we've been already talking about a lot of that this month. But God gave me this because we let things own us. We do. And every time, this is another thing. I don't even know where this is in my notes. But this is something else God's put on my heart. Saying yes to everything and everyone. When I say yes to everyone and everything, I'm saying no to a lot of other things. lord help me if jesus said yes to everyone he wouldn't have made it to the cross did you catch it he would not have made it to the cross he kept saying i got to be about my father's business i have to he was mission-minded now there are so many other things that he did that's not even recorded in the word but he had a focus about him he had such a focus about him. I must be about my father's business. I must be about my father's business. And oftentimes, sometimes, every time I'm saying yes to something or somebody, I'm saying no as well. And we need to, God help me that I'm saying yes to the right things and the right moments and no, which is a word, N-O period. It's actual word, full sentence. No. Um. And then it might be flip-flop for you. Maybe you say no to a lot of stuff. You know what I'm saying? That God is trying to bring on stuff for you to say yes to. So there's a balance there, which also goes with that illustration. Thank you, Nick. Um, So we, we must learn to wait. Luke 2, 49. And he said to them, why do you seek me? Did you not know? I must be about my father's business. There it is. There it is. So the flip side, I told you I was going to talk about two different players. So I had Nick demonstrate swing mode. The opposite of swing mode is nothing. is nothing. You got the guy that swings at everything, and then you got the guy that just won't swing. He's Hi, 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 hi yeah. You got the guy. That, you got the player that watches everything, that's afraid to get the bat off the shoulders. Sometimes you can be in such a dark place, when God needs you to step up and it's actually time to go, children of Israel, we are leaving, we are going to the promised land, we are getting out of the wilderness. Sometimes when it's time to go, you're so depleted by the situation and the season that's run you down on the ground, you can't get the bat off the shoulders. And so you're watching, and God's like, I'm sending it. I'm 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 putting it in front of you, but I need you. You're getting to the door, but I still have to turn the knob to go in. We still got to open the door. God might get you there, but you still have to do your part. I still have to do my part. Let's not be fearful about what this next season looks like. Let's not be fearful about what changes or big changes we feel like we have to make. They don't surprise God, and they don't take him by surprise. So let's not let these things own us. Let's not let them come in our our heart, come in our lives, because whatever shakes you is going to shake your family. It is, whether you want it to or not. It's going to shake you, and it's going to shake your family. Let's not hand off ownership. Let's take back the reins. God has empowered you. Nick, come right here for a minute. Let's stop doing this. Here you go, buddy. Here's the keys to my car. God bless you, man. Go ahead and sit down. Another on-point illustration that was not planned, that's what it looks like when we just hand stuff off willingly. That is what it looks like. I just gave my car keys. (laughs) He can take off, go for a ride. But, But yet, we're agreeing to stuff. And we're giving people and things ownership of areas of my life, of our life that they should not have. This is what it looks like. Let's stop and take inventory. Let's take a step back. Okay, God, before we go in this next season, here's the prep. Here's the pregame. I need to look at my Bible reading. I need to look at how much time I'm spending with God. I need to take inventory on all those things. Because a lot of the time, when all hell breaks loose in the season, it's not so much the season as it is my rebound and defense. The things that are happening seem so elevated and so big because I'm not I'm not putting up any pressure back. I'm not fighting back. I'm not picking up the weapons of warfare that God said to use. I'm not doing that. So when you don't do that, when you give no resistance, you get pretty much dominated and taken over. So let's reposition, let's regain plan for this next season of our life. What are you needing God to do? What are you praying like about the situations in your life? God, I got a new job starting in a month. This is that, you know, I need a promotion. This is what's going on with the house, the kids, the wife, the husband. Those things are all crucial. Those things are all important. So let's not let the enemy come in and begin to use things in our life to keep us in a cave so that we give ownership, we give ownership away. How many were blessed? Praise God. Thanks again for listening to the River Audio Podcast. We hope that these weekly sermons are an encouragement to your life. Make sure to stay connected with us throughout the week online at theriverworshipcenter.org and on Facebook and Instagram at The River.